Welcome to Virtual Theater, the podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Spateri, joined as always by Gooey Fame. Goo, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Yeah. We just uh, we, we chatted for a little while about some uh, some games that we've been playing. If you're a member of our Patreon, you can listen to that. We talk all about Final Fantasy VII, Dragon Quest XI, Resident Evil 2, 3. Uh, we went for a long time, actually. Yeah, it was good. Uh, like 20 minutes, so basically a bonus episode once again. Once again. Yeah. Um, of course, we are here today to talk about Alone in the Dark, the Uwe Boll classic yeah, that uh, Goo and I watched. <laughs> and uh, something something about this film makes uh, makes my current... So I'm, I'm sitting downstairs, and I've been at home for like a week. Um, it's, it's like three, quarter to four. I'm drinking a beer. I'm in a bathing suit because I ran out of boxers. So I just threw on my bathing suit. Um, just like looking as scummy as you can possibly look basically. Yes. And I feel like this is the total energy that we need for alone in the fucking dark. Yes. I feel like right now is the perfect time for (laughs) bull, like the whole Uwe Bull vibe to thrive <laughs> like man I, it, this is something else this movie um before we get into this movie though uh, i did want to touch on a few points goo i had a lot of like really good feedback from our dragon quest episode um oh, a couple yeah. weeks ago I, I i don't think i think that people were, were were surprised by the movie i think that we kind of sold a few people on watching it and man it is not what you expect and i think that we had a lot of people tell us that in our discord we, I mean, we had a lot of people tell us they actually liked the movie, too, which was shocking to me. But I'm glad that we could recommend something to people that they ended up, you know, it ended up being worth their time. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was like, you should watch this because it's just so you'll be so shocked. And then, you know, a good handful of the people who watched it were like, actually, I kind of enjoyed it. So, you know, good, good on it, I guess. You know what? I mean, I kind of enjoyed the movie, too. If if anything else, it, it kind of reminded me of Dragon Quest Eleven, the video game. It was a little bit dull. Um, I think the analogy that I just used was uh, what, how to go. If Dean Malenko was a video game, he'd be Dragon <laughs> Quest Eleven. And I feel like if Dean Malenko was a movie, he might be Dragon Quest Your Story. <laughs> Poor Dean. <laughs> I, I can't fully. I, I like the analogy and it's funny. I can't fully co-sign, but. Do you remember uh, Ladies Man Dean in WWE? I don't know, but that <laughs> sounds great. They gave they gave him a Ladies Man gimmick to try and spice him up. It was good shit. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um. So yeah, a lot of really good feedback to that episode. I, you know, this was the first episode that I can remember where we explicitly told people like, go watch the movie before you listen to our show. Usually. We're just kind of like you can you can watch it as a companion or like you can you don't even have to watch the movie if you yes. don't want. I think it was very important to watch Dragon Quest before listening <laughs> to our show. That is not the case today, though, but <laughs> definitely no. last week. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's not the case today. <laughs> I, I did. I had one movie that I wanted to quickly talk about before we get going. Oh, into, yeah. Uh, Alone in the Dark. Um, so I watched the other night a movie on Netflix called Polar. And oh, yeah. This is basically John Wick light, 
and uh, it's got Mads Mikkelsen in it. And I don't know that I recommend it because it was like it was it was pretty bad. Without Mads Mikkelsen, it would have been horrific. But um, I think that you might like it, Goo, because it's got like it's it's almost got Uve energy to it. Like okay. it's it's not quite that bad, but it's pretty freaking bad. I I actually almost went to see that movie, but but it was like kind of out of the way. But it looked it looked appealing to me. I kind of knew looking at it like um this this can't be that good but um yeah. i don't know there's you know obviously you just look at the cover and it does even with the color palette it does look like they're at least trying to ape john wick a little bit which i am in favor of i i am totally in favor of uh people trying to make a bunch of movies like john wick you know as opposed to like I don't know, every movie feeling like a Disney movie now, you know? Yeah. Like, give me that, give me that wave of movies. I'm totally into that. Yeah, it, it's a weird movie because it, like, it doesn't know if it's trying, I think that Mads Mikkelsen just can't help himself. Like, he brings too much uh, credibility to the role where, like, he's trying to give the character, like, depth and, like, kind of find the emotional core of that character. So, like, he doesn't know if it wants to be a movie about, like, this dude and his journey or if it wants to be this, like, black comedy movie that's like hyper violent and like just completely like bizarre and detached and like both of them i think could work but like together it's like eh. but it is like Aww. bonkers it's a bonkers movie i think that i think that you would probably like it i would watch it just for mads that's pretty much why i watched <laughs> it actually yeah just for mads can you met uh, like just his look in this eye patch and everything like Oh. You could totally, I could totally see this sort of character showing up in John Wick. Like, imagine putting Mads Mikkelsen in John Wick. Oh, like 100%. 100%. I actually, I was looking at him and he had some like serious big boss energy going on. If there was ever a Metal Gear movie, which crossed my fucking fingers, I hope that there is one day. Like, this dude was big boss it was oh, fucking awesome. If, if only, you know, if only Kojima was still, like, involved, because Kojima is, like, obsessed with Mads. Yes. As you should be. So, it would, like, I feel like he could have the clout if he was only still around, if they still had him, you know, making Metal Gear. I can't, uh, I can't wait to do a, a virtual theater episode about the movie that was Death Stranding one day. I, I can't, I can't wait for that, because, like, this was bizarre, but like that was just another world entirely. Yeah, we'll we'll keep teasing that. One day we'll do it. I just have to play it. <laughs> um, last thing before we get going here, uh, as I mentioned at the uh, the top of the show, um, a couple things. First and foremost, if you uh, have a few bucks to spare and you want to uh, help us out and think about supporting the show, Patreon.com forward slash Virtual Theater is the place to do that. We just released our third third bonus yeah, episode yeah. on the legend of zelda cartoon yeah third um and it, it it's awesome we have we have so much more uh coming down the pipe we've we're doing mini episodes about each episode in the legend of zelda cartoon and they've been a blast so far lots of fun gimmicks there um you can hear uh gooey and i just kind of kind of talk about whatever whatever we happen to be playing video game wise or whatever we've watched movie wise you can hear us uh, go on a little bit uh, more in long form and uh, here are some thoughts there. You get uh, the shows uh, a day early. You get the 
the like outtakes and the the, the show's song and stuff. Lots of cool stuff. If uh, if you want to consider help supporting the show, um, that's the best way to help us out. Hosting ain't cheap, unfortunately for us, but we love doing this, so we uh, you know we're committed to to doing it. So um, patreon.com forward slash virtual theater is the place to do that. And if you want to hang out and chat with Goo, myself, uh, Corey, David, the rest of our community, um, Discord is the place to do that. We have our own Discord. We are at Virtual Theater, so come hang out with us. We're pretty active, and uh, we're eventually we got to make one of these movie nights happen. We've tried a few times, but I don't think that uh, we've we've successfully pulled it off yet. But it's gonna happen. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. So that is the place to do that. And um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, um, in those outtakes that you can get over on patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. Goo and I are talking about the Final Fantasy VII remake quite extensively, actually. So oh, yeah. this would be a good chance for you guys to catch up on our Advent Children episode, which is available in the virtual <laughs> theater archives, conveniently pinned in the episode channel of our Discord. With all of our plugs out of the way, Gooey, uh, what say you to getting on to some talk about this Uwe Boll cinematic masterpiece yes please this was this is truly something i actually <laughs> forgot that i bought the dvd for one dollar so i was i was scrounging around tubi i was looking on <laughs> netflix i was looking on amazon prime and i found it on amazon prime and i watched it and the other day i was reworking my uh, dvd collection and i saw alone in the dark and i was like oh yeah right well it's good to know you have it now in case you ever <laughs> want to rewatch it you'll I've be good to go mission, actually to to buy all of the virtual theater movies that we have so like i can have my own virtual theater collection virtual shrine <laughs> i love it yeah i've i've got about 12 so far okay that's pretty good so I, I I've got that. my eye out for them. I mean, I'm not paying more than like a dollar for these movies. Obviously, Super Mario Bros. Notwithstanding, no, that's a that's a gem. Yeah, <laughs> pay full price for that. Yeah, but yeah, I've got a little virtual theater corner um, going on in my in my bookshelf there. So uh, shout out to that. Um, let's set the table here before we get into the movie itself. Of course, this is directed by the man, the myth, the legend. Uwe Boll. Yes. And it was released January 28th, 2005, and starring Christian Slater, Tara Reed, and Stephen Dorff. And wow. It's, what a uh, cast. One of the, <laughs> that cast alone, you know, the cast isn't like truly, truly terrible. I think this is the, fir the first movie that, it, that he ever did that had like actual like celebrities in it and not just like random, no name casting people. Yeah, I don't remember, like, so House of the Dead, right, was, like, his first American film, right? I believe so, yeah. And yeah. when did we say that came out? 2004? Yeah, so, that, I mean, he was, he's got the German flicks. Yeah, this, so this is, this is <laughs> after House of the Dead. Right. Which is weird. But then, yeah, so this starts, because this starts the trend of having a bunch of people in his movies that are like, why are they in this movie? I mean, not to, not to say anyone in this movie is like... I, I mean, I love Christian Slater, actually, but, like, you know, T Tara Reid, for example, isn't, like... Yes. At this point, she's known for being in bad movies. Like, that's kind of her shtick now, so... <laughs> you know? Maybe... I mean, maybe she was just, um... She was cheaper to get for the movie? I don't know. 
at this um, time you know, yeah we should mention too that um if you're if you're listening to this show you should go and check out the house of the dead show um beforehand because there's actually like we break down how uve bowl was able to make all of these like really shitty movies and like keep making them um because it's something to do with german tax laws where essentially he can write off the entire production of this movie and like get all of the money back so he basically makes the movie for free so he makes it as quickly and as cheaply as he possibly can and like just pockets all of the profits basically that's that's more or less how it worked right uh yeah i i believe so i don't remember the specifics of it but yeah he definitely had some weird like there's some shadiness surrounding it Mm -hmm. and it also yeah, yeah i mean it's also like too like this like house of the dead is just a really weird property that he picked up you know that uh i don't know it's it feels like that has something to do with it too like maybe almost they're getting these licenses on the cheap too yeah but yeah it's it's definitely weird there's a lot of like interesting and conflicting information out there about you know what how he made these movies but uh it's it's certainly a rabbit hole that you might want to crawl down so I, I encourage everybody listening to check out the House of the Dead episode before you listen to Alone in the Dark because it like it kind of sets the table for how Uve was like able to to make these movies and kind of also sets it's kind of like a dive into the psyche of Uve Bull. Like I feel like I learned more about Uve Bull from House of the Dead than Alone in the Dark necessarily. Yeah, really that's interesting. True. Yeah, because I feel well, I feel like we kind of did a lot more for him in that one we kind of broke down the door you know but i mm-hmm. will we'll definitely see they're just with this movie i think we'll see for me the story of this in terms of movie bull is like okay for some reason now he has a little bit more go like going on like you know there seems to be more of a maybe more of a budget and he's got some actors in here so like right. let's see what kind of trash he can make with a little bit more <laughs> resources. Yep, I I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. It's, trash is the key word there. <laughs> um, so a few a few pieces of uh, of trivia here before we get going into the actual movie itself. Um, so at the very beginning of the movie, there's like this giant ass text crawl, and it like spells out kind of the plot of the movie. Apparently, this was added like last minute because everybody like all the test members of the audience were just like what is going on that's and once i knew that i could totally see that because they do tell you all the little bits and stuff that's in the opening crawl at one point in the movie or another but like oh yeah without that crawl it's just like what the fuck even with the crawl actually you're just like what the fuck but without it oh boy no i like that is such a classic thing especially with bad movies that like the second that happened like that crawl started <laughs> i knew i knew that 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 had to be the case that they're like <laughs> shit this doesn't make sense like we have to explain this to people and from from that point for me it's like it's like okay with this movie all bets are off like nothing to me what this signals to me is like n- nothing that's about to happen matters <laughs> you know like they almost yeah, tell you yeah. the whole movie right there pretty much but like <laughs> They tell it to you so quickly and so fast that you forget about it oh, instantly. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I, so I was I like, I saw that and I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> it's such a it's such a futile attempt to try and explain 
the whole movie <laughs> in the beginning of the movie, or at least like a good, you know, what one third to two thirds of the movie, somewhere in that range, like all the lore that you're supposed to pick up, you know, <laughs> that they forgot to like explain well throughout the movie. So I, w- after I like was, I was like halfway through the movie and I was like, I look forward to Andy like re-explaining this movie to me because I, oh, man. I, I, I was like, thank, thank goodness for Andy because I don't really know what's happening. I'm just kind of, just kind of taking it for what it is. <laughs> it's it's funny you said that actually because I was uh, I was watching it with Sam because she wanted to watch it because I told her this was the one of the worst reviewed movies like ever. <laughs> so she's like, okay, I'll watch it with you. And so we're watching it and I'm and I rewound that opening crawl probably like five times, and she's like. Do you think you'd like these movies better if you could just watch it? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I th- I I would imagine it has to be different. Like, there's some movies I think we talked about. Like, it I was of the opinion that like Resident Evil, I thought you could have maybe enjoyed that more if you were just kind of not it just kind of going with it, you know, just taking the action in. But with this one. There, there is, there are a lot of like really fun action moments in this, but then there's just there is just a lot of like boring slog. You know, it's not like yeah compared to like House of the Dead, <laughs> where like the in between moments of action were like these like oh, awful funny shit. Yeah, caricatures of like horror movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, this was like this movie felt a little bit more like. Like obviously Uve is doing ridiculous shit. Obviously he probably only half cares, maybe. But there are moments where you feel like with like Christian Slater's character or whatever, where he's like kind of taking it seriously, I think. I don't know if you got that vibe, but I don't know. Um I'll I'll save it for particular moments okay, that, okay. We, that we'll run into. But I I feel like you know, we're probably both gonna be comparing this to House of the Dead a lot. Yeah. Because um, you know, they're they're the only two Uve films that we've seen so far, and uh, it doesn't always stack up. I will say that. Um, another really interesting thing that I found in my research going into this movie is, to this day, actually, in fact, uh, Uve Boll hates Tara Reid, and our boy has never been shy about speaking publicly about his feelings and what he believes and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, he he did a Reddit AMA, and he fucking Barry's Tara Reed quote it was horrific of course I mean Tara I don't think is a real actress let's just say it this way and it was my mistake that I hired her for alone in the dark she was always drunk she she just cannot really act this is a fact but I have to take the blame because that was the first movie I did where I got some real Hollywood stars working with me and so I just didn't want to lose all the money we spent on her and everything today I would fire her the first day Wow. That's you know what's kind of interesting about that and <laughs> the one obviously the the obvious thing there is like that's pretty he does kind of bury her but there's this thing that comes up a lot when I hear Uve talk in interviews and stuff where like um he is sometimes like trying to come up with like excuses for why certain things are the way they are <laughs> um in my opinion but I do like that he kind of accepts that, like, hey, I would. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He's he's the director, and he didn't get the performance out of her. But then there are, there is some of this backpedaling that I feel like he always he always seems to have, or maybe he's just more 
he's like maybe other people feel this way too but he's like not afraid to kind of or or i don't know maybe he doesn't have a filter where he's he is like more willing to like kind of try to publicly recon- reconcile some of his flaws or something uh it is funny because they um i don't know who they was but so- somebody asked tara <laughs> reed for a comment back and she said no but like i there's there's a few funny things there because it's like i mean like i i agree with him i don't think tara reed is the best actress no, in the world, not at all like, no she she is like a sex symbol she's not supposed to be like this great actress you know what i mean and like to for him to say that someone else is like really bad at their craft is just like uh okay the the pot in the kettle comes to mind for me um thinking that but yeah i, I mean i could definitely see where like uve is kind of you know there's there's got to be a reason that that the shit didn't go right and it's not Uve, so... Yeah, well, he says it a little bit, but yeah, there, that's always a thing, like, even... Because you never know, like, he's always said, like, with the video game ones, like, that he didn't really care, but then you also see him him say, like, when people complain about it, like, how good of a job he did. Like, I think he... Mm-hmm. I think I heard an interview where he talked about how good a job he did of, like, the shotgun matrix scene in house of the dead or whatever uh (laughs) but then you know also at the same time he's like i don't care about these movies like they suck or i hate them and it's like (laughs) are you do you mean that or are you covering for i i wonder what's the truth man i think he's covering that uve butt if you ask me i love kind of the uh the character uve bull like i i've listened to a couple interviews and podcasts of him where he's he you know it's like a quarter of the time he's bullshitting or whatever, but then a lot of it, mm-hmm. he's very sincere and it is kind of like, Oh, there's like some like dimension to this guy, even if he's like bad or what he does. But like, I almost like, I just like the look behind, you know, behind the man, you know? Yeah. It's again, just a fascinating dive <laughs> into the psyche of Uwe Boll. Um, like what it's got me it's got me looking forward to like who else he hated working with actually because i'm sure that there's probably other actresses and actors and stuff like that yeah i want to know what he thinks about you know ben kingsley michelle rodriguez <laughs> jason statham <laughs> all of them oh yeah you know i forgot that michelle was in blood rain that's right oh yeah yeah we're gonna get too some bad. returning it's too bad people. that didn't win i know yeah. we'll get to it uh, We'll we'll get to it on the next bull poll. Um, so there there is a SWAT team in this movie. They're called uh, Jesus uh, B three one seven or something like that. Okay. I just call I called them the SWAT team because I couldn't remember. So okay. I thought that this little tidbit was hilarious. The SWAT team is wearing fucking paintball armor instead of like tactical armor in this. If you look closely, it's like paintball armor that wow. apparently they got from JTUSA. That's amazing. I don't know why, but that tickled me. <laughs> they must have just been relying on, uh, you know, like the dark lighting or something. Yeah. Uh, so another little interesting tidbit, um, and I'm just going to read this direct here because there's a lot that's uh, that's being said. But originally, the film version of Alone in the Dark was to be released with Alone in the Dark 5, the fifth title in the series. However, the creators of Alone in the Dark, Eden Games, delayed Alone in the Dark 5 and reworked it entirely from scratch. So this appears to be one of the causes for public backlash from games on how the film version of Alone in the Dark appeared to deviate from Alone in the Dark game franchise, save for the fact that the film was in some way a sequel to Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. 
Oh. Oof. Okay. I, I yeah, that was an, <laughs> that was a lot for me. I've never played Alone in the Dark. How about you? No, never. I like I know for the time it came out, I've kind of heard people say it's kind of a pioneering series, you know? Cuz I think it came out mm-hmm. in like the early 90s, right? Uh, uh something like that. I thought it was an arcade game actually in the late 80s. Maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe it was. No, so actually if you I I remember when I first heard about it. I think when we did House of the Dead, I went and looked this up because it was on a poll or something. And I do think I did find I I found like a let's play or something, and I I found it kind of fascinating to watch because it was like a I think it was like the early '90s, and it was like a 3D horror adventure game that kind of looked like Resident Evil, where you're like going through a, it looked like a house with like fixed camera angles. But it's super, you know, primitive. It's like the early 90s. So, you know, it has its, you know, it shows its age constantly. But it looked, right. you know, I was just so, like, captivated. I, I ended up watching, like, a half hour of it. But I don't, I don't remember much about it other than the look and the vibe. But it's like, again, it's it's kind of a weird deep cut. But supposedly it influenced, you know, like Resident Evil and stuff. I'm just looking at some screenshots now. I could see that. It's got some of the, uh, the early Resident Evil kind of vibes to it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't play it because it probably hasn't aged well. But I would probably watch a Let's Play of that or something. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe one, maybe once the show's done, we'll talk a little bit more about that virtual theater <laughs> yeah. stream that we were going to set up. Um, all right. So last bit of of little trivia here before we get into the movie itself. This is one of the worst reviewed movies ever. In every metric um, that is available online. However, somehow this was not nominated for a Razzie Award for the worst movie of 2005. I couldn't believe that. Oh, really? I thought it It wasn't even in the top five. Oh, what was it going up against? I thought it I thought it did. Huh? Um, There is a Jenny McCarthy movie that won the worst movie of the year. I, I checked this a few times, actually, and I thought I checked 2004 and 2006 to see maybe if there was just some weird like yearly delay. But in 2005, Uwe Boll is nominated for worst director and Tara Reid is nominated for worst actress. And uh, this movie is not nominated for the worst picture. And not only that, Uwe and Tara Reid didn't win. Damn, that <laughs> that must be saying something. I will say that unreal. I will say like in the especially with Tara Reid like the way in which she is bad in this movie is kind of this sounds weird but like maybe unremarkable, you know? It's just like yeah, this is kind of bad, like not great delivery, but it's not like you know, it's not like earth-shatteringly bad. It's not like yeah. Like when when I think of things that should win this, it should be like revolutionary in the world of bad you know <laughs> like bad will never be the same again <laughs> where i it's funny you yeah. said that i was just like there's a lot of bad in this movie i don't think tara reed was like like particularly standout bad she was just as bad as everyone else like you know there mm-hmm. nobody was good in this movie i don't think that she was like worse than anyone else necessarily yeah, no, I mean, I don't know, I think, yeah, there's no one that's, there's, well, I I was, like, maybe gonna defend something, and I was like, no, no, nobody's, like, really crushing it here, but, 
you know, um, I guess I just noticed, you know, I noticed it for sure, but it, yeah, it's not I, like, I, I think it's like, it's funny when you cast Tara Reed as like the scientist. Yeah. <laughs> be, no disrespect to Tara Reed, but like you're, you've been in Van Wilder and American Pie too. And <laughs> like the big Lebowski, I don't think anyone's buying you as this museum curator. You know what I mean? I'll like, I feel like her badness kind of, again, like when I say it's unremarkable, it it just does kind of blend into the rest of the movie, you know? It's not like... Yeah, it's not like, wow, I can't believe this, like, exceptionally bad performance that she gave in this bland movie. It's just like, no, everything, a lot of the times, is kind of bland. With moments of, like, sheer bril- brilliance. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Just fit into the rest of the blandness. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get into the movie itself. We're finally here, Alone in the Dark, our sophomore Uwe Boll movie. Um, well, this is in the this US, is truly so something. <laughs> well, I I meant for us in particular. Oh, sure, sure. You and I. Yep. Um, but not our last Uwe Boll movie. Certainly not. Know. No, <laughs> we we're not done with Uwe yet. Um, so the movie starts off and like as we mentioned earlier you get that big text scroll and uh it like you know how some movies like will start off and you'll have like five seconds maybe and the screen will be black or whatever like i press play and immediately the text was on the screen did you notice yeah that? i did notice that i was like oh i guess we're going <laughs> yeah i was like fine i sure i'm on board I I was like scrambling because I, I pressed play and like I don't maybe I wasn't ready but I was like oh fuck like who who are who are these guys like what's going on <laughs> yeah they're just like the Abkani we're an ancient and you're like what <laughs> yeah okay so I had to rewind this bullshit like five times to uh, oh, are to you gonna deliver this information right now <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give our loyal audience the information they need to follow along with the plot. Of Alone in the Dark. Let's let's see. Actually, <laughs> if if you listen to this and um you didn't watch the movie, let us know like in Discord or on Twitter or whatever if Andy does a good job of explaining this movie because I think there's a chance that you might understand it a little bit more than like I did and I watched it. <laughs> so <laughs> you know what? I don't know because there's a couple points where I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> okay. And like. Usually I reach that point kind of at the end of the movie, but like it was pretty quick in this one. Like I don't know why anybody's doing anything. Yeah, for me it was almost immediate. It was pretty freaking <laughs> quick into the movie here. But here we here we go. There was an ancient tribe called the Abkani <laughs> who believed that there was two worlds, one of light and one of darkness. And uh, anciently they opened up a portal <laughs> to this dark world and closed it but not before something slipped through. And then the Abkani tribe disappeared from the face of the earth. Bureau 713 <laughs> is formed in uh, the late 60s to collect ancient Abkani shit and is headed by a guy named Dr. Lionel Hudgens. And uh, this guy sounds like a bad dude. The government shuts down Lionel um, eventually and uh, in retaliation to that, Lionel makes a lab in a gold mine and conducts <laughs> a gold mine. <laughs> I I love that they added that detail. I the, 
it matters. It does matter. But when <laughs> it does matter, then it's a gold mine. But when they said that there, I was I, I did lose my shit there. When I was like, oh, okay, it's in an abandoned gold mine. <laughs> don't you think there'd be some people mining the gold? I don't know. Nah. Just well, we right. we as a people have forgotten why gold is valuable. I learned. Yes, that that's from, true. That's, that's true. Yep. <laughs> Okay, our, our boy Lionel is conducting, <laughs> quote, savage experiments on orphan kids, end quote, in this gold mine. So uh, here we go. That's uh, a giant ass text dump full of lots of shit that you <laughs> immediately forget. It's because it's not really important. It it It's not, but then it is because it, it like explains, like I said, almost the whole movie like the. You know, they do a reveal later with Christian Slater, you know, but, like, they tell you right away what happened, you know? Like, it's not... I don't know. It's just, like, weird. Like, it, I feel like most of the movie is, like, laid out there, but in a way that you're also gonna forget. So it's, like, this weird mix of, like, nothing matters, everything is there, everything is so unmemorable yet you already know everything that's gonna happen i don't know it's weird it's it's such a it's just such a like i don't know my eyes glaze over a little bit the whole movie <laughs> except for when crazy shit's happening i mean i think that there's like two good scenes in this movie which i i think we're probably going to agree on what they are yeah yeah, yeah. So, the glazed over is a perfect way to put it yeah because like i was watching this and it goes so fucking fast and I thought that it was, like, so hilarious that they had to add this in, like, post-production because nobody understood the movie. And I'm like, fuck, if you think th if you think that helped me understand what's going on, like, you are totally wrong. Because I'm even more confused. Like, Bureau 713 in a gold mine in an orphanage? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that, you said it right there. It's like, it's like, Abkhani, uh, Bureau 713, orphanage experimentation gold mine i was like there's so many so many buzzwords there that are like they they definitely evoke things that are like like very evocative like you know, you know what they should have done you know in resident evil 2 and 3 when like you find a memo and like the really important stuff is in green yeah they should have done that for this like have gold mine in green and like abkani in green i would have been down that, with that that could have helped it, it, maybe if they had the that text um on the screen the whole time like in the corner just so i can like refer yeah. back to it like a map almost <laughs> like resident evil style like where have i been okay fuck no kidding because because that's what um, it like this is all like i said it explains the whole movie i feel like most of the podcast is going to talk about this text scroll but like <laughs> you know all this information is stuff that is like would be it would be helpful to get like this bit here and this bit here you know where it's like you know it explains kind of like the lore but also the moment of what's happening so mm -hmm. instead it's just all front loaded <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it's bad i mean i mean you actually you nailed it like now that i'm thinking about it it's basically like a two paragraph summary of all the key points of the movie yeah that's except a <laughs> for like the final ending yeah exactly so like that's why i wish i had like I had the map. I had notes <laughs> that I could like look down and be like. <laughs> I almost consulted uh like Wikipedia plot summary, but then I was like, no, Andy will explain this to me tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Um, let's start the movie off. Words guaranteed to give you a Woody, an Uwe Boll film roll across the screen. I was pretty excited in that moment. <laughs> yeah. I was at this point. I was just like, "Fuck yeah, this is gonna be <laughs> awesome." And um, it kind of starts like, okay, like it's yeah, so, yeah. the first shot. There is a a corrupt nun, and this nun. <laughs> is running this orphanage. Now, this is the key orphanage that's by the gold mine for anybody not keeping track. Uh, and wouldn't you know, 20 children have went missing, um, but one of them, like, slips away. So, in actuality, I think only 19 kids went missing. I think. Yeah. Or maybe 20. I don't know. Anyways, a bunch of kids are missing, and this lady's explaining to the cops how this orphanage managed to lose every single child that was in their care. And this is a fucking sick Uve shot right here. Um, you see some like B movie looking ass monsters, but you see them in the middle of this kid's iris. So like you see his eyeball, and like instead of the pupil, it's like these B movie monsters who I have named Beanomorphs because they are <laughs> okay. like they're just like a B movie version of the Xenomorphs from Aliens. So if you hear the words Beanomorph, that's what they are. And you see him through this fucking kid's eye. This was great. And it goes on for a long time, too. Yeah, I thought I thought that was, again, I was still, like, so amped when this was happening. Text <laughs> yeah. scroll aside. <laughs> yeah, the movie, it, you know, there's a lot of hope still at this point. There's a lot of potential. Oh, um, so much potential, yeah. We meet our boy Christian Slater, and uh, I thought, I don't know why, I thought this was hilarious. He wakes up on a plane... And he like shits all over some little kid that says a couple words to him. Yeah, what? And I don't know why this stuck out to me, but I just thought it was so funny. He's basically saying like you have to be afraid of things in the dark or something. I don't know. Yeah, something like I don't know. He gives them some. You know, it's a little bit like uh, it. It sets the tone for his character where it's like he's seen some shit. You know, where he's like, yeah, afraid <laughs> of the dark. Uh. I, I kind of loved yeah. it actually. I was still it, it's so it's, it's horrible, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. I just I couldn't believe it. Like I'm watching Christian Slater, and like I'm like, man, I watch Mr. Robot, and this guy fucking kills it in that show, and here he is in a fucking Uwe Boll movie in the mid 2000s. <laughs> like, where was this guy in life at this point? You know well, what you I know mean? What? Like his his career has had so many crazy like peaks and valleys. You know what I mean? Like. He's almost yeah. uh he's almost got um like a Nicolas Cage type thing where it's like he could be in a fucking like masterpiece, you know, killing it and then like the next year it's like some dog shit. It's like what <laughs> he he's got some bills to pay, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it can't be it can't be that expensive working in a fucking Uwe Boll movie, but <laughs> Yeah, I can't uh, I don't know. Well, it's maybe it's all wanted, that German Maybe you want a new boat. It's all that German tax loophole money <laughs> hey shout out to that yeah. um he also has some like some sick ass voiceover work in this movie which i think that's put in also post movie and like as a way to kind of explain what's going on because like there's a few times in the movie where you hear christian slater's voiceover but like i don't know does this make sense like usually when you hear a voiceover you can like it sounds like a voiceover but like yeah when you hear the voiceover in this movie, it just sounds like he's talking out loud, even though like his lips aren't moving. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so like 
where it's like um, ADR or whatever, right? Where they like slip stuff in. I'm sure that happens a lot. I mean, there's a lot of, there's even just a lot of it where, uh, just like bad ADR where, you know, you're seeing the lips where it's, especially there's like one scene when they're outside, I remember, and, and he's talking and they must have just gotten like bad audio out there because they definitely redid it, but it, you know. Oh yeah, and there, there's like the birds or whatever going on in the background. Yeah, and so, yeah, I remember that scene. So they try, I they definitely tried to fix some of that, but but anyway, yeah, that that definitely was present the whole movie. I kind of love that too, though. I, I'll say, <laughs> still lots of hope at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so our boy Christian Slater is playing Edward Carnby, and uh... Carnby. <laughs> Get used to that name, Carnby is uh is a kid from the orphanage i guess he grew up in the orphanage and it's it's kind of alluded that he was the 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 missing kid out of that group of 20 like yeah i I don't know i guess he wasn't missing because they got him eventually i mean we're not there yet but i I don't know it it doesn't really matter he was from the orphanage and uh, he lost his memory when he was 10 years old and now that he's all grown up he works as a paranormal investigator Yes, I love, he refers to himself as a paranormal investigator. Dude, the cab driver, right? I love that. Uh, Shout out to Shaggy from Scooby-Doo also driving that cab. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That that was incredible. That was awesome. That, I love when he's just like, uh, what's he say to him? He's like, oh, that, he's like, there's another cab following me, and he's like, I forget what he says. He's like, you want me to lose him? And like the cab driver is just so down to immediately get in a car chase. I know he's doing like Tokyo drifts and shit. And I was like, man, this, this cab driver's boss is going to be pissed. He's fucking up the car. And like, yeah, no, no cares. (laughs) This, that was good. This, this following scene, I will say is, I think one of the best scenes in any movie we've ever covered. (laughs) Well, let's Which, let's let's get yeah, to let's it. Talk about it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Shaggy is driving Carnby in his cab, and uh, all of a sudden they are uh, they're in a car chase. There's some bald dude behind him, and he's uh, he's chasing him, and he rams Shaggy's cab, and motherfucker climbs up the side of a building, and comes down with a double axe handle slam across Carnby's back. That was awesome. This dude is a beast. Uh, he, he he looks sweet for one. He looks so what two thousand four? What year was it? Like oh, he fits yeah. right in. He, he looks, looks like, like he, Goldberg from Universal Soldier. Yeah, and yeah, his movements throughout this like there's so much. I don't even know what it like what it is if it's just like some shitty green screen or something. But like it's so ridiculous the physics of this scene and it's. Oh, it's that's that's what I come to Uve for. Like this is this is him, I think, doing what he does best, which is making some wonky ass looking action scenes. Yeah, this this fight rocks. It's so freaking good. There is there's a couple like awesome moments here. So one of them, so Carnby kicks the bald guy, and like the bald guy goes flying back, but like twelve feet in the yeah. air through glass. <laughs> It's fucking sweet. It's kind of like Mortal Kombat-esque, actually. And then the bald dude gets up, he kicks the door off, and he just tosses some old guy that's standing next to him. Like, no rhyme or reason. He just fucking throws him. 
Yeah, there is so much glass shattering and people being thrown through glass or like jumping through glass. Like it's like uh, that that what is it? Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon. Man. <laughs> <laughs> they go through it again. It's so ridiculous. Like, um, like yeah, I don't th- like Uwe Boll can't. I don't think he can like seriously direct action or anything. But there no. are certain things that I feel like he understands that are like exciting and thrilling like i feel like just like that he like loves to over accentuate and one is like just gunfire in general and then the other is like well just a lot of this stuff like breaking through glass in the most ridiculous way or like people falling and smashing into stuff in ridiculous ways like he at least is like you know like just interested in capturing some of that and like a like kind of uh exciting way even if it is poorly directed you know poorly choreographed or like even looks kind of shitty or like really shitty so i don't know i i definitely had an appreciation for that you know you know what the um the the cherry on top of this is there's like these random and i don't know what the instrument is i apologize but like there's these random japanese style like sounds that are playing like kind of like in a kung fu movie uh, you have that like I, I wish I knew what the instrument was but like it's kind of like cliche Japanese style music and like it's just kind of sprinkled in here and there and it like it makes no sense you you just like you have no idea who anybody is at this point like <laughs> it's just like there's random slow motion and it's like this is a lot of random slow motion <laughs> I loved it the, I, I liked I liked not knowing what was going on though I was so like it was such a like it was so jarring and like you know like it it to me in this moment like wiped away like that feeling of like okay they just explained the whole movie like it doesn't matter because I was like oh if like I thought like oh maybe they explained the whole movie because the rest of it is just like this is like balls to the wall like nonsense you know and they're like shit we didn't put the plot in you know <laughs> but that's not what it is but this this was incredible <laughs> it gets you it gets you off on a high you know what, actually i gotta give a shout out to another particular moment here so carnby is on his back and uh bald guy is over top of him and carnby like does this like vertical roundhouse kick that's like from yes. Street Fighter, like from the ground, like from through the air on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fucking sweet. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it, it it keeps it's relentless too. It like yeah. it goes on a little bit longer than you think. Um, it goes on yeah, for the, an eternity. The the one dude's flying through the air like crouching tiger style almost. <laughs> um, yeah, you definitely just get a sense that like maybe Uwe Boll is like is trying to like you know they had that seat in house of the dead but like is trying to do his like matrix you know what i mean like he he thinks of that stuff it seems like he's going for it not yeah. well but no, <laughs> you know no not well but it's um, fun carnby finds a gun and he shoots bald guy once twice thrice but bald guy no sells it and uh <laughs> eventually Carnby, like he, I think he he kicks him off of a loading dock, and then the ball oh, guy he lands on a spike. He lands on a fucking spike, <laughs> which is in like a box of of raw fish for some reason. But it impales him, and it looks like our fight is over. I 
I gotta say, he doesn't just find a gun. He he like just like runs by I oh, believe yeah, a that's police right. officer. Yeah, it was like a does the thing where he like twists his arm or whatever and just like takes the gun. <laughs> and then he just the other committed dude a just, crime, bro. <laughs> yeah, and there's we don't ever find out any like repercussions from that, but I thought that was so fucking cool. <laughs> he's just like like we we meet this guy. All we know about him is he's a paranormal investigator. He's probably one of the kids who you know who is like maybe experimented on we don't know and you know so we're like okay he's like a ghost hunter or something but then, but then we find out that he whips ass apparently <laughs> and it's just down like he lives the kind of life where you can like steal a cop's gun and like that's fine to you i mean roll tide for that um i would have just asked the cop to shoot the guy but i guess that's not how edward carnby rolls and thank god he uh he he likes to use spikes. Well, um, this was a a high for sure for the movie, and unfortunately, oh, yeah. in my opinion, Gooey, we don't necessarily match this high for a long time in the movie. No, no, it 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 comes down, and I in a way that I didn't expect. Like, I thought there would still be, and there are a little bit of like spikes of adrenaline, but not not like how uh, I thought it would be. I think that you nailed it earlier when you said too, like in between ridiculous set pieces and house of the dead, you had like really funny stuff, like, like shit guy getting thrown in the porta potty and like him throwing up on his girlfriend's, uh, like, uh, sweater or whatever. And like, just like over the top, like you had people fucking in that movie and like, just like, yeah. fun stuff. And like here, I feel like in between the big, like action pieces, there's really like nothing. There's a whole lot of FA. Yeah, part of me wished that it was like not shit like newer, non-famous, not good actors. Yeah. Because yeah. instead we have like decent actors or to good actors, but delivering, you know, not great material here. But if you know, if you would have had the combined like people who just can't deliver a line for shit, like it maybe it would have been funnier. I don't know. But then again, I, I it, so. it just isn't funny. Yeah, it's it's also just the type of character we're dealing with, too. So the next like the next like series of scenes, I feel like they all lasted like 30 seconds or like at most 30 seconds. And then they were kind of off into the next one. So we meet a bunch of people here um, and a bunch of different things happen. First up, we meet Eileen Cedric, who is the assistant curator for whatever museum that's uh that's doing a show on the Upconny. Um, Eileen Sudrick is, of course, Tara Reed, and the non-assistant curator, so like the actual curator, is that Hudgens, the evil Lionel Hudgens guy, who yeah. we we immediately go to see him, and I'm pretty sure that that was him at sea, right? That that found I, that chest, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I thought this, so, and I was like, oh, this is the evil guy. <laughs> like, it yeah, was like, but he didn't seem too evil in this scene to me. Yeah, they. They almost play it like again. I think that what happened was they wrote it like this is a reveal, but then like they had to explain it in the beginning because they had no other place to put it. You know what I mean? So it's no, just I, like, that, I, that's totally what happened. I bet you that you're totally right. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. What happened with me was when it was revealed that he was like evil. I was like, okay, that's evil guy. Um, 
but I, you know, I at first it added this layer of confusion because I thought like this can't be the guy. Like you, you almost assume everything that's like explained up till that point, right? Wouldn't then be treated as a secret, much like. I don't know. I don't know what they end up doing. I didn't quite understand what I was supposed to know about Christian Slater's past. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think okay. now that you said that, it makes total sense because the scene is you see this old guy and he's got he's out at sea and he has a ship crew and they find this giant fucking treasure chest, which is made of gold. And yes. he's explaining to them the value of gold. And the value is that, like, what is it? It's yeah. supposed to keep the, the evil monsters at bay. Yes, yep. That's so why it, gold is actually valuable. It's kind of like a Pandora's box kind of kind of gimmick here where like he he warns the ship crew not to open this box, but then the ship crew capture him and are probably going to kill him, but then they open the box and the dude comes out, the old guy, he he comes out and everybody's dead. So I was just like, okay, well like this must be Hudgens, but like yeah, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. He seems like he was trying to save everyone. Yeah, because he's like, um, he's like, uh, you're making a big mistake type thing, you know? Uh, so it's a little confusing because, you know, I don't know. It's the same thing happens with Christian Slater where it's like they kind of tell you stuff happened as a kid, but then you meet him, but then he's got memory loss. So you're, you're thinking like, <laughs> wait, does he, does he know? Do I know that he knows? Like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm not sure who's supposed to know what about what in the in this movie. So it, at that it point, it makes I was, no sense. Yeah, roll tied to that. Um, so 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 once the box, the golden box, once the golden box is open, all these randos, uh, they just start like they stop what they're doing and they march and they're moving somewhere. Not exactly sure where. Um, presumably these are the other kids that were in the orphanage. Um, somehow Christian Slater yeah. is immune to this. However, I don't know why. Oh yeah. You don't know why they don't explain it later. They probably explain. Uh, it. They, I think they say some bullshit about how he was electrocuted as a kid or something. And that, that makes it, 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 he, it doesn't matter. He like hid out uh, apparently. In, yeah. Uh, in the, uh, I don't know what you call it, <laughs> but yeah, he is <laughs> somewhere. Um, this, you know, we've been talking about Final Fantasy seven here. This kind of gave me the same vibes as like, you know, when um, Sephiroth calls all like the the black hooded guys um, to to like the Genova reunion or whatever. This is what this kind of reminds oh, me. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. I think I'm just in that <laughs> Final Fantasy seven uh, frame of mind. If if only if only there were big <laughs> swords in this movie. That would make the movie a hell of a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that apparently we have an explanation here for the bald guy at the beginning and how he just no sold three bullets. Apparently, <laughs> there were people, humans, that joined forces with the creatures from the Dark World. Um, but in order to do so, and they gained, uh, they gained superpowers. But in order to do so, that cost them their humanity. Done, so they, done, done. Uh, okay. So they became the Beanomorphs? I, I don't know. Because, like, the, the first <laughs> dude wasn't a Beanomorph, right? He was just, like, a, uh, he was just, like, a regular bald dude. 
I thought he was, oh God, I thought he was part of the like secret agency or whatever. I'm so confused. Maybe he was. I don't fucking know. Um, so I, I kind of wrote down random quotes as things were happening too from Sam. So I was watching this and like Edward is driving a car and she's like, where the fuck did he get a car from? He just got to town. And I was like, good question. I don't know. doesn't really matter, but I thought that it was funny. Um, oh, yeah. He had the, the taxi driver, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and he also has like this giant fucking loft, which we'll get to in a bit. But uh, one of Edward's friends is uh, is also from the same orphanage and uh, he has disappeared and answered that call. So it kind of feels like we have like kind of a side quest to go on. It's not like the main thing going on here, but like it kind of feels like a side quest, but we don't really know what okay. the main quest is. Did you get that kind of vibe? I yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was fucking weird. So Carnby uh, eventually is just like, you know what? I need some answers. I'm going to go back to the old orphanage because uh, it seems like it seems pretty obvious to me uh, that everybody that disappeared went to this orphanage. So, like, I don't know if he knew this or not yet, because he's like he's treating the 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 nun, the corrupt nun from the beginning, like an old friend and like a like a mentor. And I'm like, dude, don't you think something shady is going on here since everybody that went here is now like gone? So maybe he lost his memory of the events as a whole, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's it's... that's even weirder, though, to like, like it, if that's the case, it's weird to like watch a movie where, you know, way more about the character than they do, you know, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I don't know if he was um, like suspecting that there was something bad going on there or linked to all the kids at that orphanage. It, it's weird. Um, and the movie is really not concerned with explaining that either, by the way, the well, next scene, it, ar- it already did it. So it's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next scene we see Carnby and, uh, Eileen, and I guess that they are dating and, uh, Carnby found an artifact or something like that. And that's where he's been for the last six weeks. And that's, uh, I wouldn't even say it's a MacGuffin. It's just like, he just finds it. And like, kind of pockets it when it's convenient and then repockets it at the end of the movie when it's like convenient that they need something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a MacGuffin would be giving it too much power. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, so they're at the museum and uh, God damn it. It's attacked by Beanomorphs and actually, actually no singular. <laughs> it's attacked by one Beanomorph and he comes in and this, this fucking thing eats the head of a security guard, which is kind of cool, but also yeah, like right. it was kind of shitty because it wasn't as graphic. Uh, the Beanomorphs, I mean, they look horrible. They look just dreadful. <laughs> they, these things look like they came straight out of a 1996 Nintendo 64 game. Yeah, I I was like, okay, I could um, I could like get down with this, like like I could watch it, I could enjoy a movie with these shitty things in them, but. It just they never, they never were that fun, you know. That's a yeah, it's a good way to put it. Like they're they look terrible, um, but they're not like overly, like they don't look bad enough to be funny. They just don't look very good. Yeah, and they just never. Yeah, they just never really are do anything cool. <laughs> 
Um, so our heroes are being attacked by the Beanomorph and uh, a SWAT team who, what the fuck are they called? B... Uh, 3173, I don't know. B713. B7, what? Fuck it, we're just going to call them the SWAT team. Um, so the SWAT team propels down into the museum and they fucking shoot up the entire place. And some dude named Burke is the head of the SWAT team. And I guess that he knows Carnby from back when Carnby worked on the SWAT team. And uh, this, this fucking guy got his ID card stolen too. So he's obviously not a very good cop. No, um,. Christian Slater is good at pocketing things, I guess, though, huh? And good at stealing things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is that's, the, two, that's, that's two cops he's ripped off now, this movie. Is the scene where they bust in, like, where it's, like, full-on metals playing? No, that's coming later. No. Okay, okay, I couldn't yeah. remember. That's, that, because they could have used, like, something like that right then, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. But it's... Yeah, that's that's I think maybe maybe that's the key to this movie. Like maybe if just right then there would there was another fun action scene, like it would have like tie you know tied us over, but it it just didn't deliver. No, and like like there is an action, like this is an action scene, but it's just like it's kind of as boring as like it just sounded me reading it. Like that's pretty much what happens, and like nothing fun or just you know it's it's just kind of there. It's not yeah. very exciting. I think yeah. Sam went and picked up a pizza during this while we were watching this because, like, it was just yeah, like, that's a good time too. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, it was. It's kind of a slog. Like at this point, like yeah. it's been so long since anything happened. Like you meet all these people, but you don't really know who they are. I don't know. It was yeah. It was it wasn't the best. Yeah, I I remember when when that dude got decapitated or whatever. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and it just didn't happen. And then I was hoping, I was at least hoping, hoping with um, the three main characters' interactions that like maybe that would be kind of fun. Like, but it was they they were all kind of playing it a little too straight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we could yeah, use yeah. Some that's more... perfect. Actually, that's a perfect way to put it. They're playing it too straight. Like if they were, if they embraced it, like shit guy embraced it, and that. Um, <laughs> What was the other doofus's name from that movie? You got venom sprayed on his face. Like that was awesome. In yeah, comparison, yeah. yeah, they were just maybe. I don't even. I don't know. Like it was just kind of like they were just doing a normal thing. <laughs> like they were. They're like, this is a normal movie. Let's be normal. And I think. Who knows? I I would I would be interested to see what the like set was like on that. What the direction was like, because. I could totally see like someone thriving in this kind of role where it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I, like this doesn't matter. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to deliver the performance of a lifetime. You know what I mean? It kind of like on one hand, Carnby kind of reminds me of like Michael Scarn. Cause like, I think that Uwe Boll is trying to make a movie. Like he thinks threat, like if this is like Uwe Boll's threat level midnight, he thinks that like Carnby is just like, this wicked badass and like it's just like so cheesy and like ridiculous the things that Carnby says and how he says them it gave me it gave me that Michael Scarn kind of energy to it uh, which I, is I wish like it which it is just, probably more credit than it deserves actually now that I'm saying it it was just it was too serious like it it didn't get there I don't think to like if it was Scarn levels that would be like <laughs> I would appreciate it a little bit more in my opinion. 
I just, you know how like Skarn thinks that he's so cool at everything, and like everyone else is telling him how good he is at everything. Yeah, that's kind of like yeah. that's kind of like what they did with with Carnby here. Like, I know that he used to be the best agent ever, but left the force because he wanted to be a paranormal investigator. But you know what? Like, I don't know. But yeah, yeah not I, in that same kind of threat level midnight kind of fun way. Yeah, it it almost be like I don't know. It's just like too. I don't want to say sincere. It's just like um, maybe it is. It's just too sincere. Like, like the fact, like the a character who's good at everything yeah. could be like funny, but it's or like even just like interesting at all. But instead, it's just I I can see where you're coming from. Where it's just like it's just kind of like great. They wrote they wrote a guy who's just like really good at everything, not moving the needle at all. Yeah. Well, let's plow through some of the story here and get to the next um, bit of fun, which is coming up somewhat soon here, thank God. Um, Carnby goes and busts into the bald guy's autopsy and discovers that the bald guy has this giant-ass millipede hooked onto his spine that's, like, controlling him. And um, wouldn't you know it, Carnby's got a millipede on his spine too, by God. (laughs) Big reveal. Yeah, the millipede was another level of this, I guess. That was kind of interesting. Uh, that was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, it was kind of cool hear... when they pull it out. They pull it out. It's kind of gross. It's kind of cool. This is some <laughs> next level bullshit, I think. So, like, the, the doctor, hmm. who I don't know what his name is, so I just called him Dr. Autopsy. So, Autopsy <laughs> is explaining to um, to Carnby about, like, the Beanomorphs and how they live in the dark and, like, you can use electricity or something like that to tell when they're close and like shoot them. And like, he has these little electrical bullets or something. And like, it made zero fucking sense. Like he was talking out of his ass. Like (laughs) I couldn't imagine being that actor and delivering those lines. I was like, I was watching it and I was like, what the fuck is he saying? It's so, yeah, it's like impenetrable almost. (laughs) I was really hoping when, Christian Slater, he was holding the light bullets and he's like, we're going to need more of these bad boys or whatever he says. I was like, yes, come on, come on. (laughs) Give me the light bullets. (laughs) You know, I have to say I did pop for for this next scene because it was just like so fucking ridiculous. Um, Evil Dr. Hudgens has a fucking pet Beanomorph. Right. Like you, you saw that, too, right? Like, what? Uh, no, I don't remember. <laughs> he has he's, a pet? I, I don't know. Like, he's got this fucking Beanomorph behind a cage, and he's, like, he injected it with a needle and is, like, pulling out some liquid or something? I was just like, what? This wasn't in my cut of the movie. Or, like, these oh. scenes these scenes happen so fast, I was eating dinner while watching this. Like, maybe... <laughs> I looked down at my food for a second. <laughs> Honestly, that's plausible. Cause like, I'm serious. Like from, from after the fight with bald guy, like literally not one scene seems like it lasts more than 30 seconds to a minute at most. No, it's, it's there and it's gone. It doesn't stick with you. No. Um, so like, this is, this is the point I'm watching this movie and I'm like, this is bad. And like, I knew it would be bad, but like, this is, bad like it's not even bad in a in a good house of the dead way it's just like really bad it's just unfortunate that i think the best scene is the first one 
which is not uncommon. Like that happens a lot in movies, like where kind of they want to put the the most the thing that pops the most in the beginning to get your attention. But like, it's just like for me, it was like uh, the whole movie that on top of my knowledge of House of the Dead, it's like it's just untapped potential the whole time, you know? It's such a buzzkill. And there's lots of different ways a movie can be bad, but still kind of good. Dragon Quest is a good example where, like, it was kind of a boring movie, but, like, it was really well made. It was well acted. So, like, it wasn't terrible. Um, Assassin's Creed was, like, kind of soulless, but, like, it had good actors and, like, it looked cool. And, like, this is just, like, it's bad acting. It's bad direction. It's made badly. The story doesn't, like, it's just, like, it's just really bad. Yeah. And like it's it's kind of boring bad too cuz it's like all right like let's let's get to something here something anything. So that's kind of where we're at with the movie right now unfortunately. Yeah. Still moving but along. But we do have some cool stuff coming up. Um the Dr. Hudgens infects Dr. Autopsy with a millipede of his own which is going to start controlling him so that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. And here there's like this really lame awkward sex scene between Carnby and and Eileen and like they're getting it on for some reason. They also have this like ridiculous loft, which is like the underground of a warehouse, which doesn't make any sense. But these guys (laughs) are like, they're getting it on. They have like no chemistry whatsoever. It is the opposite of Roll Tide. Um, Uwe Bull was actually really pissed off at Tara Reid allegedly because she wouldn't show her like boobs for this movie. So I guess that's where some of the, uh, the hatred stems from. Oh, now it's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, who would get nude for this movie? <laughs> you know, uh, not Tara Reid, I guess. Yeah. Um, and now all the orphan kids that are grown up are fucking zombies, and they're crashing the loft. And there's a couple Beanomorphs here, but finally, mercifully, business is about to pick up. First of all, we get this absolutely great line from Christian Slater where he's like. I just killed John. And I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. That's his best friend. But then, yeah, it just, it just is goes. You don't care. Now, finally business picks up. We get some hard as fuck music going on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, like this, this is great. So like Beanomorphs are, are crashing the loft and like, the, the orphan kids are now zombies and they're everywhere. Carnby and Eileen are shooting people. The SWAT team comes in. Um, the camera is just going fucking crazy. <laughs> like, well, it looks it looks like it's malfunctioning. Well, and it's like and everything's dark, right? And it's like, yeah, like you can only see you can only see stuff when like the the gun shots like light light up stuff. And it's like almost has like a strobe like effect. And then also, oh. I wouldn't even say, like, the camera is moving around, because, like, it's hard to tell when watching this, like, what was shot, like, what is real. It's, like, really weird looking. It's it's almost Uncanny Valley, um, but it's kind of, it, it just in how much of a mess it is, it's, it's like, kind of amazing. But, and you see, you see individual shots of the Beanomorphs, and, like, they, I mean, they look like the drizzling shits at the best of times, but like in this, it's just like, it's like some kid made this in Movie Maker for Windows 98. Like they look fucking terrible, but like the camera is flashing 
and cutting so quickly that like you don't really have time to take it in. Um, this scene was like I think it was the music, but like it was fucking wicked. But it's so good. It nothing. It, it's looks over real. like right away. Yeah, it it is weird. It feels like it almost feels like inconclusive a little bit, but. I don't know. The other, you know, the uh, the big shootout from House of the Dead, that seemed to last for like, you know, 10 minutes. And this lasts for like uh, 30 seconds, maybe. This, yeah, this wasn't meant to be that either, because right? they have a big fight in the end, right? So, like, I'm like, okay, but like this, this ridiculously awful scene would be fine in a different context, you know, like. Like if there was other stuff going on, but it's just unfortunate that this is all all we get right now. Mm-hmm. But it was yeah. it was worth it for the song. I think that was pretty pretty <laughs> was fucking awesome. badass. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny because I was sitting down and like <laughs> the second that song started playing, I was like, "Gooey is loving this." I, I know was, it. I was vibing on it. Yeah, <laughs> it it looks like total dog shit. <laughs> it looks like shit, but it's. I think that this is the best scene in the movie. Uh oh wow. I, I think I'm gonna I, I gotta that. stick by that opening scene. I think <laughs> I think that opening scene is like as I said, better than like a lot of the other movies we've watched. Like it's just so so fun. But um and this is what we needed, because like the movie's been boring really since the since the opening fight. So like this was a shot in the arm at the at the most dire of times. Yeah, it definitely it definitely got me um got me watching a little bit more you know all right let's keep it moving um hudgens is now missing and burke and his team are going to the lab in the gold mine to check it out and uh i guess burke is letting carnby tag along and uh there we go we have our final battle kind of set up and there's like a hundred so we get to the mine there's like a <laughs> hundred swat team members there but only like five of them go down into the core where all the bad guys presumably are. I didn't get this. Um, everyone else is like setting up a perimeter. And I also didn't get that. Cause I was like, well, how many of these alien things are there? Like, I thought there was only like the 20 kids and like a couple of these Beanomorphs, but I, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter, but I was just, I was trying to follow the logic and like, this is where I was just like truly, truly lost. Yeah. I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. This was I was really hoping you would illuminate this for me, but it's all right. Yeah, I I, I wish that I could. I just I don't understand because like um we see we see Hutchins and like he can now control the monsters cuz he's he releases like a bunch of these zombie dogs and like oh, Jesus. <laughs> do you remember like I was no, just like, I what the fuck? Like, how does, like, how can he control them now? Isn't he just, like, a scientist looking for artifacts? Um, so, like, I, I didn't get that, but I was like, Is that okay. the implant, maybe the spinal implant thing? I, I, fuck, you got me. I don't know. I have no uh, idea. It, it's, at this point, I'm just like, oh, boy, how much longer is in this movie? It's, it's not good. Dr. Autopsy is also back, by the way, and he has the, the millipede in his spine, and he is um, destroying all of the lights that the SWAT team has set up so that the, the Beanomorphs can attack them. Uh, meanwhile, in the core, some fucking jabroni 
falls and there's like this big worm shaped hole that leads down into the core and he falls and this guy is also impaled poor bastard (laughs) and then i thought that this was hilarious there's two people like rappelling down into this hole but there's a fucking ladder on the side of the wall too so like why are they rappelling (laughs) i was so confused because i thought that was just a pit that you fall in and die like yeah i I thought it was a booby trap and then (laughs) christian slater goes we need to go down there (laughs) i was like oh okay i guess that's not a just spike pit that's good that's good at doubles you know i mean there you go i mean i guess it's a good thing that they were repelling because eventually like the lid collapses or something like that one of the girls breaks her her ankle or something Mm, that's a that's another thing there's like a ton of SWAT team members that we meet in this like closing sequence that like we spend a lot of time with. And it's like, who the fuck are these people? Like nobody has names. We don't know anybody. Like what is, what's happening? Who are these people? They, they like briefly mention one. I think there's like the girl behind the computer. Like I think someone at some point goes like, she's my computer girl. I (laughs) like, I don't remember, but I feel like, they try to squeeze it in there. I think you're just supposed to accept like they're part of the crew. I don't know, but it's you know, uh, there there's lots of shit going on here. There's a big gunfight outside between the Beanomorphs and the SWAT team, and it looks like shit. It looks truly terrible. Um, there's like small little snake alien things on the core that even these guys kind of look like the um, the baby chestbursters from Alien. Yeah, yeah, and they look pretty pretty bad, but they're like. They're attacking Carnby and the gang. There's a bunch of random shit going on. And I I don't really get what the monster's goal here is. Like if they're trying to get to the core or or reopen the portal or what. But I like it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, I didn't know the stakes here or what was. And Christian Slater's leading him around and he's like, we need to go down here. And then he's like, we need to be here. This is right. like, like he's got vibes or whatever. Um, and I was like, okay, he's got vibes. You know, it's weird though, because like Christian Slater and the guys get there and then like it, the, the focus shifts away from Carnby and it's on these like two random SWAT members, the, a guy and a girl, and we keep seeing them. And I think like one of them is supposed to be the computer girl or something like that, but like they're in the field, they're kind of waiting around and like, they don't have a name. The one guy's off by himself and like gets eaten and right i I feel like these two were like the focal point of this last little hurrah of the movie there and like you have no idea who the fuck they are (laughs) no well i i yeah no i don't know i'm I'm falling apart it's (laughs) it's the drizzling shit it's yeah it's bad here we go we're almost home we almost actually you know what i'm looking at my notes we're not almost home so let's just slog through this here um Carnby and the team find a laboratory in the mine and uh, all of a sudden our boy Edward remembers getting implanted with the millipedes as a kid. Uh, The heroes find a door in this lab that's locked, but luckily uh, Carnby still has the artifact that he found from earlier, which I guess is a key to open this door. I completely forgot that he had this thing at this point in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a key. <laughs> uh, Carnby wisely says, "I, you know what? I don't think we should open this door. And uh, he turns around to leave. 
And then you get, like, I think it's supposed to be a big reveal that Hudgens is, like, the bad guy here, even though he's done a lot of, like, bad guy shit up until this point in the movie. It's just, it's very weird because he's, like, he sticks him up and they're, like, how could you? Yeah, I, I, that again, I think just the narration <laughs> makes that confusing, but. Did you notice, too, that Hudgens had, like, this weird fucking accent when he, when he held him up? Um, no, no. What, what, what was his accent? I, I don't even know. I wanted to say like a German accent, but it wasn't quite German. It was almost like, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't even replicate it. I was going to say you should look it up, but really you shouldn't. It's not that important. It was just, it was really weird. It almost feels like someone else dubbed over his line, but like someone with a German accent, <laughs> maybe fucking Uwe Boll did it. I don't know. Uwe got in there, uh, <laughs> threw down some lines of his own. <laughs> Pretty sick shot, though. So Hudgens steals the key, opens the door, and then Burke flings a knife to his gut, so I think he's dead. That was pretty fucking cool. That was cool. The knife. It's so abrupt, too. You know, like, it's <laughs> not... It, yeah, that was... I laughed out loud. Like, I jumped out of my seat almost <laughs> at that moment. All right, so th this... Man, this next bit is, like truly truly terrible and doesn't make any fucking sense so if i am off please come and correct me because i i don't know that i've got it i think i have but i don't know somebody so they open the door uh, or the yes. hudgens rather is open the door there's like an army of beanomorphs behind there it's kind of got like the minds of moria thing going on where like everywhere you can see there's like these beetomorphs crawling on these pillars. Okay, it actually, yeah. this actually looks like kind of cool for what it is. So sure. They open the door and they're just like, you know what? Nope. And they close the door. They shut it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that was easy. Yeah. They, <laughs> they just seriously, they walk in and they're like, nope. <laughs> I, I never, <laughs> I didn't quite get that, but I was like, okay. But why, then, why does that happen? But then they, Burke, takes out a bomb as if a bomb is going to do shit against like this giant army of beanomorphs which like have supernatural powers so he sets a bomb and then like fucks up setting it and the detonator doesn't work so the the fucking guy goes back down once they pretty much made their escape and opens the door he opens it and he puts the bomb in front of the door that he opened and sets a timer for five seconds and it just blows up so, like, they were fine, but then he went back down and opened this fucking door to this dark world and, like, didn't even put the bomb in the fucking dark world. And, like, I was sitting there. It's like, what the fuck? Like, why? You didn't close the door. It's open. What the fuck? Yeah, I think. Hmm. Because I think they're like, let's get out of here. Right. I think they were leaving. And then he was like, no, I'm going to finish this or something. You know, like, I think that's how it was supposed to be. But. I don't know. I don't really I, remember. Remember. I don't why fucking know. Like I, I just saw that and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it seemed like they were totally safe, like just shutting that fucking door and locking it. Just I mean, close like, the door. <laughs> isn't, isn't that like the whole point of that of that artifact? Like. Right. I don't fucking know. I wish Anyways. I could say, I wish I could say, yeah, I don't remember the, like, I remember this happening, but I don't, you know, I just was like, almost like with anything in this movie, it was either like, 
this was explained and then unexplained or it was just like the other end of it was me just going, okay, this is happening. <laughs> uh, it was, it was truly, truly terrible. So I, I think Burke dies probably because he just blew up a fucking bomb and like he, he could have probably set a timer for like more than five seconds, but I digress. Um, I have five seconds, I think was the only option. The only, maybe. <laughs> yeah, either five seconds or nothing. Uh, it's a fucking uh, whatever. He's dead, and all of a sudden, Carnby and Eileen pop up uh, in the in, like in the back in the front yard actually of the orphanage. Somehow, there's like a secret passageway or something. So they're in the orphanage. They go back to the city. They find out that the entire city has been evacuated. There's literally not a single soul in sight. Um, kind of like I guess this happened overnight. Resident Evil ending a little bit. Kind the of, first except, one, or... except everything looked pristine still. There's just nobody there. Yeah, they they evacuated it or something? I don't know. Some some bullshit like that. Um, I guess, like, my question is, like, why didn't you just go back during the day and shut that fucking door? Although, I think they give a, vinyl, a final voiceover where Carnby's like, and with that, the door was closed and everyone vanished off the face of the <laughs> earth. And I was like, okay, all uh... right, cool. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one final shot of something coming for Carnby in the first person, and it's over. We're done. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they set it up for a sequel, which I, th- I think there is or something. There is, yes. Oh, my God. It's on Amazon Prime, as a matter of fact. You know, I, I just remembered something I wanted to say about that battle scene in the end. Um. Uh, when they're like down below and there's like you mentioned they're like shooting out off with the Beanomorphs up top right mm-hmm. um, which was you know not not great but uh, it had it did have an element that was present in House of the Dead that I sort of hinted at earlier which which is just that like Uwe Boll I think knows and thinks and knows that like guns shooting is exciting because there's a lot of scenes of just like a wall of people just like standing there no action not doing anything but like just fucking guns blazing in (laughs) in such a batshit way you know where it's it's just like so excessive you know and like he i think he definitely put a lot of effort into like like uh the look and the sound and the feel of it where it's like oh my god but it's it's just so funny like mixed into like such bland like move you know it's just like a line of cops standing there with guns or SWAT people with guns just like unloading you know what i mean it's so and like that's supposed to substitute for like an action scene <laughs> i kind of i kind of appreciated it in a weird way even though it was so stupid you know it's it's funny because we actually I got to mention something too before we kind of move on into the, the last part here. Um, closing song over the credits. Oh, it, that that was a banger. <laughs> that's a banger. Yeah, that's a banger. I looked into that's this. Good shit. Um, I I ended up looking into it and uh, the like the soundtrack. It's like a it's like a double album of like. Really? <laughs> yeah, of like noteworthy metal bands. I think it was put out by like a like a pretty big Yeah, here we go. Two disc soundtrack was released by Nuclear Blast Records. Which is like a oh. 
which is like a big, I think, a big metal label. Um, uh, yeah, there we go. So the last song is Wish I Had an Angel by Nightwish. By Nightwish. That was a banger. Yeah. And if you look at the soundtrack, it's got like pretty big names on it, um, which I think is wild. And uh, Nightwish, they, they had a music video for this song, too. Which uh, they say is directed by Uwe Boll. <laughs> oh boy! But the video is just uh, like a kind of standard performance video where they're just kind of like in a like there's lights and they're in like a right like a tunnel or something playing, and then like they just cut in like clips from the movie. So it's not that exciting. But the song is a banger, and there is <laughs> there is a forty song soundtrack for this movie. Yes, with like. You know, uh, Nightwish, Power Man 5000, Ministry, you know, like, they went nuts on this. They they got some names in on this. So this might be, other than that opening scene, in my opinion, this soundtrack might be, like, the best thing about the movie. I I wouldn't argue that. You could <laughs> definitely make that case. It's certainly one of the better things. Um, I'm going to, I was going to make a point, but I'm going to read off some of the the final stuff here before I get to my point. Okay. Um, this movie obviously bombed at the box office. It allegedly had a budget of 20 million and it only made um, 10.4 million. But of course we know that that doesn't really matter in Uwe Boll films because he basically just pockets all that money because he can write off the budget to, to German tax laws. So shout out to him for making 10 million. Um, this movie <laughs> at Rotten Tomatoes has a 1% critic score and an 11% audience score. Now, okay. even even knowing that, um, I was, like, disappointed by this movie, which seems funny to say, because, like, it's got a fucking 1% on, on Rotten Tomatoes and an 11% audience score, which is always far more generous. And even still, I was disappointed by this movie. I didn't, like... I didn't even pick any reviews out from critics or fans because, like, they all just say the same thing. It's like, it's just absolutely dreadful. And I was reading them and I'm like, you know, this is going to be great, kind of like House of the Dead. But man, this this was just a fucking slog and like not like it wasn't fun. That's yeah, the, that's the real killer of this movie is like it's it's not fun and it's bad. Yeah, that's I'm yeah, I'm with you. I I. I feel bad saying it because I, I had started to you know House of the Dead. I think people will remember from from last year, last season of our show. It it kind of broke me on on like thinking <laughs> thinking I had taste. You know, I I loved it. I you know I I mean it was bad, but I I was just so into the movie. It was it was something else. Whereas this, I just I was so I was like. I like you. I came into this so just so willing to enjoy it, you know, and I and yeah. I thought I thought I was going to too with it starts so so great. Like if I don't know, if they had just stuck with that, then I guess it wouldn't then be like the video game at all, which I don't think it is, but you know, I guess maybe it's just the problem of like this maybe wasn't the right source material for him, you know? Like uh House of the Dead is a uh, is like a rail shooter, so it's just constant action, you know, action and stuff like this. Where with this, he's trying to adapt something that's more akin to like a you know a Resident Evil or whatever, where it's dark and mysterious or whatever, creepy, or and it you know it it takes more of a a subtle tone or something, which I I don't think is good a good fit for him. 
No. I need no. bombast and like over the top for for Uwe Boll. I actually I think the problem for me with this movie is the fact that Uwe had like Hollywood stars or something like that. Because like in House of the Dead, you had all these like ridiculous caricatures of like teenagers and like they were just doing stupid stuff and like yeah there was a lot of great shooting and stuff but like in the moments that there wasn't shooting there was still like a lot of fun like there was like the scene where shit guy and his girlfriend are like are flirting and they're about to have sex and like they they have that funny but weird conversation about how he can't get it up or whatever and like there was the uh the like fun scenes and like the with with captain kirk like smoking his cigar and stuff like that and like I don't know. It just seemed like to me there was just a lot more like there was a lot more action for sure, which definitely is a new way. A new way movie needs action. But like in between the action, there was like fun stuff. And I, I, I don't know. I don't feel like there was any fun shit in between like, the scenes here. It's just like rapid fire, like exposition, which is not what Uve does best. No. And there is something to how unpolished house of the dead is whereas like this this isn't polished by any means but like you have what i like christian slater i think is the best example where it's he's who i think a good actor um but like it's it's a weird middle ground to have you know what i mean whereas like with captain kirk you have you had such a kind of fucked role to begin with but then you just had this like weird unknown actor who has this like unpolished like outsider charisma almost you know it's like an mm-hmm. al- almost some kind of like anti-charisma that make like you know the two <laughs> negatives make an o- a positive he's incredible i think you know so um I, I don't know with this it's like you have some people who you know christian slater not at the height of his career and tara reed not great at all steven dorf also kind of (laughs) at the at a you know a low point in his career too so it's just like kind of wishy-washy but i I don't know i'm i'm excited for future movies because like i know like blood rain is his next video game movie and like that move like i feel like like ben ben kingsley is a phenomenal actor right and i i feel like he's someone who the example i gave earlier you like put him in this role and he's like, well, fuck it. You know, <laughs> like I'm just going to go nuts <laughs> on it. It does. Cause it doesn't matter. And I might as well have fun. That's, that's what I'm hoping we get, you know? Also, yeah. also meatloaf is in it. So <laughs> I think <laughs> that could be cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta say it. I was, uh, I was quite disappointed with this movie. Yeah. I, th- um, I think we just like put the nail in the coffin of this one. Yeah, uh, let's just let's just get right to it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. It's a big thumbs down for me. Big thumbs down. Again, it. I don't think you can even find it on YouTube. But big thumbs up to the opening scene. I will say, <laughs> yeah. I I'm gonna find it and share it to to anyone who is interested. If you don't go watch it, because it is it is just fun. Um, and they should have just made a whole movie like that. I want a wire foo Uwe Ball movie. Also, shout out to whatever song was playing in the in the loft when like that metal just started blaring. Hard oh, yeah. as fuck. That you was know, awesome. That actually answers a or not a question, but it, like a thought I had because in the credits, 
the Nightwish song ends, and then another fucking metal banger comes on. <laughs> yeah, and I was that's like, right. damn. They were not they were not short on metal for this <laughs> for some reason. Uve just must have known the guy from the record label or something, you know? If only we could have had the entire soundtrack play out during the course of this movie. It would have probably been, been better. Sick, yeah. Well, I I think that this is um potentially the worst movie that we've watched in virtual theater so far. I off the top of my head, I don't know that I can think of one that's worse. Um I ha- I have this in the same ballpark as like Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Just another slog. Yeah. A slog of a movie. <laughs> All right, well, um, let's get on and talk about movies that hopefully will not be a slog. That's our thoughts on Alone in the Dark. But as you know, of course, you, the viewer, or the audience, not the viewer, unless you're viewing on... No, you just can't view the show. You, the listener, shape the course of this show. Uh, we let you decide what movie we're going to cover via a poll over on Twitter. We are at Virtual Theater X, so make sure that you are following and subscribing so that you can take part and influence the direction of the show. Um, we got four fresh new movies that are going on the poll for uh, next, next episode. Of course, looks like Silent Hill pulled off the victory, so we are going to be covering that ep- or that movie next. But the movie after that is entirely in your hands, so without further ado, let's go and, uh, and introduce some of our nominees. We yes. have a couple newcomers and a couple ones that are coming back for a second kick at the can here. Um, so let's get started. First movie is Pokemon the Movie 3. And I think... Actually, I, I don't know what the fuck this movie's about, but it's it's got Ash Ketchum in it. The last one was a banger. Yes, this one I, I remember Entei being in it, or however you say that. Oh, that's yeah, that's right. And uh, what what are the other dogs' names? Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, the unknown are in this. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Something like that. Anyways, it's Gen Two isn't really my strength in Pokemon, and this is all about also, Gen Two. Uh, the so movie is I think called, this will be good. It's not Pokemon the Movie Three. It's Pokemon Three colon the Movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> apparently. Fuck. <laughs> and or apparently, it's a uh, Pokemon Three the Movie and and to a spell of the unknown. <laughs> the uh, well, there you go. <laughs> So we got Entei, we got Unknowns, we got Ash Ketchum. I mean, you know that that's going to be a good time. Yes. Uh, we, we probably know what we're going to get with Pokemon. Uh, what was it? Pokemon 3, the movie, the uh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So you know what? <laughs> if you want to continue on the Pokemon journey, throw that a vote. That's poll option number one. Poll option number two, coming back for a second go around, Ratchet and Clank. Yes, yeah. Which was you know like, what? Uh... I, uh, I'd be down for this. Yeah, I think it was like that was like a big budget kind of animated movie, right? But, so that I think so. Yeah, I've some... actually got the uh, the PlayStation Four video game Ratchet and Clank that was released kind of in tandem with this. Okay. Um, so if if this wins, maybe I'll uh, I'll fire that up and give that a go and just have uh, some quick thoughts about the video game too, because I've actually never really played a Ratchet and Clank game, even though I've heard that they're pretty good. I've heard good things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's pull option number two. Poll option number three, and uh, kind of the one that I'm actually secretly excited for here. Okay. S- Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. And yes. I don't know what this movie is all about. Um, I saw it on Tubi, and it looks like it kind of follows Ryu around. 
So, like, kind of, if you go way back when to our very first episode of Virtual Theater, of course, that was the, um, the Street Fighter movie was the one that, that kicked us off and kind of set the tone for our show. So, I, it's kind of, a, I would be excited to see this as, like, a different perspective on, like, the same kind of material. So, I'm, I'm kind of low-key hoping that this one wins. Yeah, and it's it's from, right, the same time it's like right in the yeah it's just right from that time contemporary it's anime i think that could be cool yep i think that could be too cool too that's poll option number three final poll option is angry birds and this has been on the poll before and i actually think that it did kind of okay the last time that it was on a poll and you know what i've actually heard that this movie is kind of okay so it wouldn't be the worst thing if this movie won yeah sure i'm down we gotta watch it at some point right (laughs) yeah I mean, it'd be better to watch, you know, watch the first one now rather than have to watch like three Angry Bird movies in a row by the time <laughs> that like Angry Birds 3 comes out or whatever. So there it is. Poll option number four. Um, really quickly, once more, you can vote on Virtual Theater's Twitter account at Virtual Theater X. Poll option number one, Pokemon 3, the movie. Poll option number two, Ratchet and Clank. Poll option number three, Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. And poll option number four angry birds um wow that was you know this was a long episode about a really bad movie but i you know i feel surprisingly okay after you know we're done i still don't know what happened (laughs) (laughs) you know what the you know what the worst part is too there's alone in the dark too oh yeah not uve though so i can't imagine how much worse that is man that that what? is going to be just the drizzling shits. One day, there's a House of the Dead, too, also. So. Um, I wonder if Shit Guy's in that. Did Shit Guy live? No, Shit Guy died. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Poor bastard. Oh, yeah. Well, um, we covered one of the absolute worst movies of all time, but we hope that we gave you one of the best virtual theater episodes of all times. Uh, of course, we watch these shit movies so that you don't have to, um, but we do want <laughs> you to come and hang out and have fun with us. Um, you can do that in a couple of ways. Check us out over on Discord. We have our own server at Virtual Theater, and of course, over on Twitter at Virtual Theater X. Goo and I are also uh, on Twitter ourselves at Gooey Fame and at Spateri316. You could hit us up there. We are always down to talk about some uh, sh- some shite video game movies. Um, consider checking us out over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. Toss us a buck or maybe even uh, five bucks if you want to get the uh, bonus Legend of Zelda content. Um, really fun stuff so far, so I really encourage everybody to check that out. And uh, last but not least, of course, Um, Check us out over on SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are at Virtual Theater. Uh, Drop us a a like, a subscription, a five-star review if you think we've earned it, and tell a friend. That's the best thing that you can do for this show. Man, that's it for me. I'm I'm done, Goo. Is there anything you want to say to put a bow on Alone in the Dark? Everybody, you know, keep your fear of the dark, and (laughs) don't forget the true value of gold. Fucking hey, that's gonna do it for us. <laughs> we will see you back here next time. <laughs>